produced by Podcast Architects. You're listening to the Lead On Podcast, where we discuss experiences in the armed forces while exploring lessons from military leaders. Welcome to another episode of Lead On Lessons from Military Leaders. I'm David Deary with the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. Hey, be sure to like and subscribe and visit the Enlisted Leadership Foundation webpage where you can see more about the programs that we're offering. I want to welcome today Molly Rose Speed. Molly is the first non-military guest on the program. And you may be asking yourself, wait a minute, this is supposed to be lessons from military leaders. Well, let me tell you, the best military leader, often better than the military member themselves, is the spouse of a military leader. And as I looked at the podcast and I looked at who we're attracting, I, I thought, we need to expand and include some military spouses. And so I've asked Molly to come in, and Molly is the spouse of an Air Force veteran. Molly, welcome to the program. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here and excited to represent military spouses as your first guest, non-service member. So, um, you know, before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of it, and, and just to kind of highlight the fact that Listen, we, we all are leaders, whether we're a leader of ourselves or a leader of a bunch of people physically or virtually, I'll add, because that kind of leads us into the topic that we're going to talk about. Um, can you just give us an example of the, the worst piece of leadership advice that you ever received? Yes. And this is probably one that changed the trajectory of my life by not listening to it. Uh, the worst leadership advice I got was that if I quit corporate America, I would never make it, that it would be the worst decision I ever made. And I quit corporate America and I'm on a completely different track that we'll talk about. And I'm just really happy. And I kind of took that advice as, you know, just fall in line, status quo, don't ruffle any feathers, um, just do, you know, get good, good grades out of college, get a good job and just do your, do your thing, get your 401k and, and retire. And that just wasn't what I wanted. And I had several people tell me that when I decided to quit. Yeah, so it wasn't what you wanted. So you had in mind what you did want. Uh, I, I, you know, I've told people, well, when I've talked to people about joining the military, because even though I've, I'm, I'm, you know, eight years retired from the military, although we're not supposed to say retired, I suppose transitioned. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's just like with leadership. I think that failing in, in leadership is, is actually more valuable than succeeding. And I think it's actually more valuable understanding what you don't want to do. You know, join the military. And if you hate it, you, you eliminated one thing that you don't want to do. So clearly corporate America, I guess, as you got into corporate America, you re America, you realize this is not what I want to do. Um, so, you know, as a military spouse, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some experiences as a military spouse and and then you know lead into what it was about corporate America that you didn't like and and I assumed you took that bad leadership advice as a motivator uh, and probably still to this day when things get tough, uh, you can reach back into that as a as a figurative way to you know step back up and get back in the game and and to inspire you to press on. Yeah. So I was kind of thrown into being a military spouse. I was raised in the Midwest, 
in Iowa, our community didn't have any base nearby. So it was all new to me. And I met this man in college and he was military and said, this is my path. So just so you know, this is where we're going. And uh, after pilot training, he quickly dropped the Emerald Coast of Florida. And without question, I uninvitedly showed up <laughs> and, uh, and followed him down here. And uh, we got married a few years later. So once we got married, and even before, I just completely immersed myself in the military community. I joined the spouses groups. I was the event planner for the squadron. I was a key spouse. I just did everything I could to serve and just be a part of it. And I loved it. Uh, and, you know, my husband deployed several times, over 11 times throughout eight, the first eight years that we were together. So I, I saw a lot of my peers struggle. I saw myself struggle, you know, definitely supporting one another and having all that alone time and how do we find our own independence while they're gone and all those that ups and downs that military spouses endure when their husbands or wives are overseas. Um, and again, I wouldn't change it for anything. So along the way, I transitioned out of corporate America. I always thought that that was going to be my path to corporate finance. And I, I got into the healthcare sector, which was pretty rewarding, but not the path that I wanted. And so I quit cold turkey and I became a social media manager and I had no idea what that was. It was my first taste of earning my first dollar without a W-2. It was this exciting thing. And so I realized that people would pay me for a service that I knew how to do. And it just spiraled from there into what we now know as the term virtual assistance. And I spent the past 13 years in that industry and created a program to help military spouses do the same thing. So that's okay. So uh, that's a great lead in. What is this program that you have created and how long ago uh, did you create it? Yes. So I created the program a little over six years ago, the, the Virtual Assistant Academy. And it is a business academy and a tech academy for professional certified virtual assistants. And okay, so stop right there for a mm -hmm. second. I'm going to interrupt you. So, business academy and a tech academy. So, explain you know where where they intersect and how they um, separate, differentiate. Yes. So, I recognize that virtual assistants, though we are the supporters of everyone else's businesses, we are also running our own businesses. So having to teach and skill transfer to someone how to professionally market your business, your service offerings, your pricing, how do you run your backend, your books, your contracts, your proposals? How do you onboard a client and have that professional approach inside a business? One of the unique things about my program is I really instill in our virtual assistants, the students that graduate, to come into a business as the professional admin. So you run the, the admin side of someone's business. You're running oftentimes running the weekly meeting and putting all the systems into place in the organization. So that's what we pay attention to on the business side. And then, of course, technology that's ever-changing, even since I started 12 years ago, uh, we train to that as well. So there's some core competencies and then the software that goes along with it that we're always evolving as things continue okay. to change. So so you started, you got into virtual assistant 12 years ago. Um, so and, and the, the academy you, you started six years ago. So in the, the six years, what were you doing? Were you just, were you, were you in your mind, were you building this academy those six years and knew that this is what I want to do? Or did you just kind of four years in say, you know what? 
I think I could train somebody to do this. So yeah, definitely, definitely the latter. So I spent six years and still serve clients here and there, a select few, because I enjoy it so much, just learning as much as I could, all different industries. I've, I've probably served over 70 different clients throughout the years, from public speakers to finance professionals, to accountants, to lawyers, to wedding designers, all different stuff. Um, and then along the way, I kept having the same conversation with my fellow peers, mostly military spouses saying, how can I, how do I do what you do? I was traveling when my husband would deploy, I'd go to Europe and work out of a hostel and I'd make good money and like, I want this. And so that's one too many conversations at, at a coffee shops kind of spurred this recording of the program in the first iteration. And I realized it worked. And so then I really kind of buckled down and created a full Academy around it. That's wow. Yeah. You know, so, so you say that, so the program uh, teaches somebody, I guess, the ins and out of being a virtual assistant, um, but also uh, how to, sounds like how to sell yourself as a VA. I mean, you gotta, you can't just hang out and expect to receive an email saying, hey, can I hire you? you so how do you find, how does a vir virtual assistant find work? Yes, there's several ways. It starts with taking it very, very seriously. I think there's a big difference between the virtual assistant that wakes up one day and says, oh, I know how to manage email. I'm going to do this. And the one that approaches it as a business, you know, you're coming into someone else's entrepreneurship journey and they're giving you their baby in a lot of cases, and you need to really approach that professionally. Um, so, so that's the big differentiator, but especially post pandemic, so many people are looking for assistance and virtual virtual assistants are in very, very high demand. And what the pandemic did was teach us all that working virtually can be done. And so we all kind of got used to it. So it kind of just spiraled this movement, if you will, of virtual assistants. And now more and more people are, are hiring. So there's demand. And then when you go to find work, you can go through uh, agencies. I have one of those that's part of our business, or you can go direct to the client. Social media is a great place using your network. I can't express more how, how many referrals come out of just telling people this is what you do. And so there's, there's lots of ways. Find yeah, you know, it's, it, that's really true. When you talk, mentioned network, um, I participate in a number of transitioning classes, um, that, that take place, um, both virtually as well as in person. And one of the thing, regardless, and there's a lot of, when it comes to the military transition space, there's a, it, it continues to get pretty impacted. Um, but every one of them talk about reaching into your old network, even if it was people you haven't talked to in 15 years, use LinkedIn or whatever social media to reconnect and just tell them, hey, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I'm getting out of the military if you happen to, you know, and so I guess the same would hold true as you step as one of your virtual assistants who uh, uh, graduate from the program, start branching out to re-engage some of those relationships. Um, and hopefully you're re-engaging with relationships that didn't result in a burnt bridge. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's so that's really good. Um, so over the last six years, how many people have, well, first of all, how long is the program? So the program is 
eight weeks. However, I have a lot of go-getters in my program. I learned that really uh-huh. quickly and they, you know, I had it dripping out. So intention was to do a module a week and implement as you go. And so many virtual assistants just wanted to get into it. So I opened it up many complete it over kind of a weekend or a week, and then they go back to implement as they go. So it's it fast tracks them to being able to get a client because they can see the big picture early on. Okay. So self-paced, it sounds yes, like. Yes. Um, and then how, is it, so self-paced, how much of the, uh, I'm sure, you know, and, and, you know, everyone, as you're, as you're listening, if you, you know, uh, by all means, if this sounds something of interest to you, you know, don't forget to check out, uh, Molly's website at virtualassistantacademy.com to learn more and, and then come over to my website and, you know, check out about the Endless Leaders Foundation. Um, as, as people, go through the program, how much interaction do they get with you? Yes. So we have a, a lot of uh, communication with our graduates. So they do an offboarding call. I have a placement manager that polishes up their one sheet, answers all their questions, make sure you know we provide advice. We look them up online to make sure their LinkedIn follows kind of what we want them to do or if they did a website. And then we have an ongoing community. So at least once a month, we're meeting as a group and I do some sort of training or I bring in guest experts and, and we just kind of get everyone's answers. So you're not left alone. Our goal is to get you your first, second, seventh, eighth, ninth client as we go along. Okay. And how many people have graduated from the program? Yes. We've certified 150 virtual assistants and I would say 85, 80%, and you should probably find this exact number out, are, are all mil- are military spouses. They are military spouses. They are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say certification, um, is this a uh, Molly Rose Speed certification, or is there some sort of a, I don't know if there's a certification in this yeah. space. I have been looking for some professional designation. There is not. Okay. Um, well, that's so, good to know. Though. Yeah, it is our academy, but we do have assessments and we do our due diligence part of our offboarding. It's not like you just go through it and get certified. We certainly sign off so you get our stamp of approval. And of those 80%-ish military spouses, how many uh, of those are male? Because we have a lot of male military spouses out there. Yes. Surprisingly, not one. We have, we've had one male and he's not military. He's done very well. Um, yeah, just, so just even, even of all the graduates, only one male, one male. Wow. So that must be a stigma, um, which full disclosure. Okay. I have a virtual assistant, um, who is a male. So (laughs) that's, that, that's interesting. Now, um, so, you know, when it comes to virtual assistants, there's a lot of competition between VAs that are uh, sourced here in the United States as well as outsourced in other countries. Um, I would assume the outsourced um, are more cost effective, I guess, for especially you. You, you mentioned your target. It, it seems like your target is you, you had said entrepreneurs, that those that are taking advantage are entrepreneurs. So depending where somebody is, where an entrepreneur or a veteranpreneur, a veteran who's an entrepreneur. I love that. Yeah. um, Thank you. Um, I I didn't coin it. I heard it. I'm sure somewhere. Um, You know, money's tight when you first start out, you know, um, and you know, what, what is one of your virtual assistants? What's the price range uh, that they would go into if somebody's listening and thinking, what, you know, how much can I expect to make? Yeah. So U.S.-based virtual assistants we're seeing starting at 
25 an hour is the average, which is pretty great. If you annualize that, that's 50,000 a year. And then it, it, it goes up quickly from there as you develop more advanced skills. Okay. Um, because over, you know, overseas is probably half that. Um, Oh yes. Although I venture to say, you know, even that's probably starting to creep up. Um, yeah, I've outsourced overseas and they're, they're changing their rates, (laughs) realizing the value, which is good. Yeah, that's fine. Um, does somebody come through the program have like one client or multiple clients or is it really, do you kind of set your own pace? Yeah, the beauty of it, it's so flexible. You can set your own pace. I recommend virtual assistants not work for a single client less than 20 hours a month. It's just energetically five hours a week. Nope, no less than that. Doesn't make sense. Um, but we call it fractional virtual assisting. So it's it's beautiful for the assistant to be able to, you know, put a book of business together, about three clients is probably a really good one unless you have some bigger. Um, And it's great for the business owner to know that you only have to commit to five hours a week. You can kind of get your feet wet and then keep going up from there. Okay. You know, it, it, I read a book um, last year called the uh, four hour work week uh, by Tim Ferriss. (laughs) And, you know, it's very reminiscent of, what he talked about and getting away from the corporate America, or even if you are a corporate America, but you know, this book was written, I think 2008. So long before virtual anything was even considered. Um, but it's been, it, it's, it, it's funny how, you know, you can have theoretically uh, over time, you can have that four hour work week as a virtual assistant. Yes, absolutely. That's a great book uh, intro it, into this world, the extreme side yeah. of it. <laughs> No, no, you're absolutely right. The extreme side for sure. Um, so, you know, what are some of the, um, what, are, what are some of the positive feedback? Um, and have you ever received any negative feedback? Somebody maybe tried a virtual, like, what can somebody expect um, as they get into this space? Yeah. So uh, as a virtual assistant kind of, or, or from the business owner side? The virtual assistant for, for, for somebody who, who is, a, you know, I'm sure you've received feedback, uh, from the, you know, uh, from your students, so your graduates, um, but have, what, re- what feedback have you received back from them? If you're in these monthly calls, I'm sure there's some praise reports that come in. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of success stories, a lot of just reports back where virtual assistants are so excited because they're helping a client help them with a website they never thought that they would be able to do because they never knew how to do it. Or they get an uh, inbox from 10,000 emails down to zero. Like this is the stuff that virtual assistants get really excited about, right? We're very organized type A personalities. Um, And then there's also the struggles that we go through. We're all human. So we do our best in our placement agency to match people up with virtual assistants and business owners. But there's that human element. Sometimes people just don't jive. So we have to kind of approach how do you communicate effectively or how do you express or and have a difficult conversation? Um, and so we kind of have to work through some of that. And, and it happens. Um, our, our misplacements, we're lucky, are few and far between. But it does happen where virtual assistants kind of get themselves in a situation. And I think the biggest thing that could go wrong between a client and a virtual assistant is the onboarding process. If you don't follow this mandatory, we call it, <laughs> onboarding process, ev- the foundation just isn't there. And then things kind of start to fall apart. You know, um, you said, you know, somebody had to create a website and they weren't skilled at it. So if somebody, you know, listen, I, I'm sure 
And so we're all guilty of it. I'm sure military spouses, uh, they're not going to say, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, so if they say, yeah, I can do that for you. And they have no idea what they're doing. Does I, do they reach back to you and say, hey, Molly, I need some help? <laughs> some do. Yeah, some do. Okay. I try to catch them before they go and overcommit like that. But um, okay. the one quality that I ask my virtual assistants to possess or find if they don't already possess it is a figure it out attitude. So when they're asked to do something, um, website building might be a little bit of a stretch because it really is a skill. But, you know, if you're asked to do create a a newsletter automation or something that you've never done before. That's something you, we can help you figure out, you know, and, and so, so commit to things like that, stretch yourself a little bit, but yeah, certainly provide that feedback. We're, we're here. <laughs> so even, even managing somebody's CRM, uh, yeah. contact, uh, was that the contact relation management system? Yeah, so, correct. Yep. Um, okay. Very good. Yeah. Cause like, even when you said drip earlier, yeah. I only know that term because my wife, uh, who had her own business one time was using, and she explained the drip, the funnel, all that. Yeah, yeah, good um, point. Yeah, so uh, from a military spouse perspective, um, do, what, do, you, do they tend to do it uh, for one tour or they get successful and regardless where their spouse gets stationed, they, but, and I guess the beauty is you can have one client, three clients, if you need to take a, can you get out of, I mean, what, what if, you know, can, can, can does it, can a virtual assistant easily um, step away from a client and then would you maybe backfill them and to keep that client engaged? Yes, that is something we do if a client is um, through us. However, the beauty of this career, for, especially for military spouses, is you can take it wherever you go. So you don't have to start and stop. Um, I encourage my virtual assistants to have at least one to two kind of mega clients, like those ones that 20 hour a week or the ones that are actually just providing that retainer for you. So you have stability and then fill in at times when you can work a little more. We have a lot of moms, if their kids are home for the summer or they know they have a PCS coming up, they might not take on those extra projects or clients. Um, but then when the kids go back to school, they can fill their schedule up a little bit. So it's really, really flexible. Do you see any difference between your, your military spouses that go through your program versus non-military spouses or, or they all kind of um, share a very similar type A, you know, what, or, or do you have, and I guess another thing is, do you extrovert and introvert people both, or do you sense one leaning more one way than the other? Yeah. Great question. So military to non-military, it's the same across the board. Mostly we kind of attract the same, um, personality of a person. And yeah, like you said, a, a lot of type A, very organized, kind of have that high achieving perfectionist vibe going on. Um, and then both introverted and extroverted, however, far more introverted. You know, I get on my calls with them, my community calls. I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> you can dig it out of them. Uh, and the same ones usually pipe up and then we pull, pull the rest in and then they, they get comfortable. But um, yeah, it, it's more that, that sit back and kind of work independently and all of that. So it works out really well. And, you know, I was thinking too, what, there's some young military spouses. What's the youngest age of somebody that's come through? Uh, uh, right out of, well, last year of college. So senior in college was probably the youngest that I've had. Okay, about 23. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. So pretty young. 
Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, what's one piece of advice that you could offer a military spouse who, you know, they may feel stuck or lost their identity. And, you know, the other thing is military spouses, especially career minded, right? Some people love their career, uh, but because of licensing across state line, teaching, healthcare, a couple of big ones um, where, or, you know, they just can't. Um, and, or what about those that like to, um, maybe not as in, well, I shouldn't say it, but that like to engage with the public. It's both introverted and extroverted people who love to engage. Um, is this still something for them? Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of reflecting this morning and we've had physician's assistants that join our, our work. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is crazy. They're going from this career that they work so hard for to this, but they want the flexibility. Uh, like you said, teachers, all different backgrounds have come in through our, our program. Um, and my, my advice for those that are looking for this flexible career, or those that feel stuck, you know, the military spouse, we, we kind of lose our identity in some regard. We're, we're the ones picking up. We're the ones not necessarily going after our dreams because we have to put them on hold to be able to be in these weird locations around the country or the world. Uh, and I think the biggest piece of advice that I give to people, and this comes from Jack Canfield, the success principles, who's a mentor of mine. Um, he, he, one of his principles is to take 100% responsibility. And I just think that's something we can all do. We're never stuck. We all have a choice. Um, and so that's kind of when I get on calls with new VAs that's in are kind of uncomfortable or don't know what to do. I'm like, this is this, you have the option to do this and you, you yeah. So it works. That's good. That's good life advice too, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, um, you know, a couple more quick things. So can you share of a success story that in the last, whether it's in the last 12 years of being a VA or maybe something in the last six years from yourself or one of your graduates? Yeah. So I had a graduate and she was Bouncing a little from job to job, she worked in HR locally and made about $15 an hour, worked her buns off. And again, just kind of took the job she could get because we as military spouse sometimes are stereotyped when we're interviewing for jobs. They immediately know we're military. They look up our LinkedIn and can see where we've been. And it's very obvious. And she just was very, very unhappy. She just had her first child and she's, she's like, something has to go. I have to make a change. And so she was one of my first students. I'm like, why don't we just try this out? Can you go through this program? And she has grown so much in six years. She's as of last year, just reached six figures in this career. Wow. Yeah. She did kind of some advanced training. She got a project management certification from UNC with some military funding. Um, and it's just amazing. She's like, I never could have done this without your support in this program. And, and I'm just, and I'm like, you could, I could never have done this without you, you know, my cheerleader this whole time. So it's just a cool, just to see where she's come and, and what this has done for her family has been really exciting. She loves it. She calls me all the time just to say thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you don't need any kind of degree to, no. to become a virtual assistant, you know, no. um, school of hard knocks will work. Yep. And uh, you could do it remotely, even, you know, I was uh, thinking a lot of military spouses, I've run into military families that uh, live out of uh, their motor homes because some places cost of living is just so much money. There are uh, many military installations, uh, they have motorhome parks on site. And so I've met families that live out of their motor homes on the installation and the military member just goes off to work. So even this would even work for them. 
so long as they have internet capability. Man, that's fantastic. Um, so do you offer any, uh, not ask you what the discount is, if there is any, but do you offer discounts for military uh, spouses? Yes, we offer a pretty fantastic military discount. Uh, and so if you reach out to us and let us know that you're military, we'll, we'll hook that up for you. And I'm, I'm committed that it will always be the biggest discount we offer. Wow. So as things fantastic. change, it'll always be the best for military. So um, before I close this out, any, any final thoughts, any final words that uh, I'll, I'll turn over to you and then, and then I'll close this out. Yeah. I think spouses and veterans listening, if, if you're looking for a completely flexible career, really consider this. There's a lot of resources online to start kind of learning about this work. And there are so many tracks you can take from being more technical to more creative and, and you can do all different things. It's very diverse. So uh, I invite you to learn more and you can book a free discovery call with me or my team member. And we'd love to chat with you. Virtualassistantacademy.com. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much first for, uh, for your service uh, to our nation alongside your husband and, and the support that you give him. Uh, thanks for uh, I, I want to send a shout out to the person that gave you that worst piece of leadership advice, because without motivating you, uh, we would not have met and you wouldn't have uh, had a positive influence and change on, on, on many lives to date. Um, and for everyone else, I want to thank you for listening today. Hey, don't forget to subscribe uh, so that you never miss out on an episode of Lead On. You can also click the link below and follow the Enlisted Leadership Foundation social media so you can be one of those informed. And also, please, please, please make sure you go and check out Molly's website at virtualassistantacademy.com. There's a special gift for some of the listeners who enroll in a program. So you got to let Molly know that you learned about the Virtual Assistant Academy by listening to this podcast when you complete the program. And with that, I want to thank you again. Have a great day. Produced by Podcast Architects.